Our second scripture reading today comes to us and builds on the theme of the morning about loving our neighbor as ourselves. It comes from Matthew chapter 5. And in this passage, Jesus builds on and intensifies the teaching about loving our neighbors. Listen. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning once again. It's great to be with you, and um, I want to say hi to those worshiping online on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on our uh, podcast, listening to this sermon later in the week. We're involved this year in what we're calling a year for growing in grace. It's a theme for our whole church, a year for growing in grace. We want to be growing up together in our faith, but in a gracious way. And so one of the ways we're doing that is each month to focus on just one key verse and to try over the course of each week to memorize it together, to let it go with us into our lives. So if you are visiting today, you came on the final exam Sunday. So it's like your worst nightmare. Um, but we'll give you a pass. That's okay. We've been, we've been talking about the greatest commandment, what Jesus calls the greatest or the first or the primary commandment. It's from Mark chapter 12. So I'm going to invite you who know it to join me in reciting this together. Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? What does he say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your sex. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Ah, B minus, B minus. <laughs> B minus isn't bad, but you know. Um, so some of you know that today is also Reformation Sunday, a day when we uh, focus a little bit on the theological inheritance that we have as Presbyterians, as part of the Reformed Christian tradition. And so in honor of that, I have uh, one joke for you, just the one. It's about Muldoon, who lived out in the Irish countryside and only had a pet dog for company. And one day the dog died, and so Muldoon went to see his parish priest, and he asked, Father, my dog is dead. Could you be saying a mass for the poor creature? <laughs> Father Patrick replied, I'm afraid not. We can't be having services for animals in the church. But there are some Presbyterians down the lane. There's no telling what they believe. <laughs> ah, maybe they'll do something for the creature. Muldoon said, all right, Father, I'll go right away. Do you think 5,000 is enough to donate for the service? And uh, Father Patrick replied, Sweet Mary, Mother of Jesus, why didn't you tell me the dog was Catholic? <laughs> That's enough of that for now. Let's put it aside. Let's put it aside. Jesus said, <laughs> part of the greatest commandment is loving your neighbor as yourself. And this idea of neighbor love is very important. But people in the Bible times, just like people now, they, they wanted the rules to be really clear. They wanted the teaching to be get down to it. And so maybe like a checklist to make sure they were living and believing and doing the right way. 
We can see why a clear, simple checklist would be important. Have you ever gone shopping without a grocery list? It's terrible. You end up with all kinds of random things and you forgot what you were supposed to get. When I go shopping uh, right before dinner, if I'm hungry, it's the worst because I go off list. You know, here are the main things you need, eggs and milk and the rest, and then you get a bunch of chips and cookies and ice cream, and your wife gets mad at you. Oh, there she is. Um, or if you go to Target and you're looking to get one thing, but you come back with 10 things, it happens. So people in Jesus' day also wanted to have a list, to work off of a, a list of how to live. We remember in the Hebrew scriptures, they had how many commandments? The 10 commandments. Well, there's more, but the 10 main commandments. And Jesus, he kind of brings it down to just the one, the most important, the primary. Love God and love others. Love God and love neighbor. Love God and love people. So then people started thinking, oh, we've got this covered, Jesus. Love God. Check, 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 check. We're doing it just right. He intensifies his teaching. He says, you think you've got it covered. You think you, you're doing it all right. Let's intensify it and go further. He says... Love your neighbor as yourself, but also love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Are you still able to check the box? So I gave you the one joke about Muldoon and the Catholic priest, but there was a time when Protestants and Catholics really did see themselves as enemies. The Reformation of the 17th century in Europe was a time of theological debate, but also actual combat between competing armies of Catholics and Protestants. Maybe we think back to the time of the Troubles in Northern Ireland, where uh, Roman Catholics and Protestants were bombing each other and attacking each other. So we can extend the idea of from within our own Christian communion out to Jews and Muslims. And so our hearts are breaking right now in these days as we watch the events of Gaza and Israel as it unfolds. One thing we know about the, the fog of war is that once that war starts, there's no telling what will happen. There will be tragedies and losses along the way. Jesus says, love your enemy, which is another way of saying, love your neighbor. I heard somebody say recently that our God is the God of right relationships. Our God is the God of right relationships. So God wants us to be in right relationship with God and with others. But the problem is that we often fail to love our neighbors because we fail to know them. We get out of right relationship and we can even become enemies or adversaries or rivals or antagonists or opponents. Use the word you want. Jesus is, pr is pushing us to go beyond loving those who love us right back loving those who are just like us, loving those who are lovable and easy to love. He says, love others too, those who are tougher. There's a new book out by um, Scott Black Johnston, a Presbyterian pastor in New York City. It's called Elusive Grace, Loving Your Enemies While Striving for God's Justice. And that's a tall order. This is what he says. He says, sometimes all it takes to lose an enemy is to see a rival as a human, to see them as worth regarding, to see them as bigger than the caricatures our minds have drawn, to see their challenges, to appreciate where they have come from, to listen to their story, all while enjoying a piece of pie together, a delicious slice of grace. I wonder if you know that old saying um, that a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. You know that saying? Like extroverts know that, introverts don't, they don't like that. But 
a friend is just, a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. I think you could switch it to say this, an enemy is just a stranger you haven't met yet. An enemy, a person you do not like, is probably a stranger to you, someone you have not gotten to know, and so you're, you're divided. What I mean is that when a stranger, someone who's a stranger to you or distant to you or unknown to you, it's a lot easier to think of them as an enemy. It's a lot easier to be okay with their village, their town, their country being attacked. Not someone worth regarding, maybe less than fully human. When I watch the news these days from the Middle East, I grieve for the ways that people who should have been living like neighbors and struggling through differences and learning to get along and live together, to disagree, to find common ground, to show love, they, they've spent so much time apart. They've been so separated from one another that it's hard to see each other's pain, recognize each other's hurt, acknowledge each other's loss. It's hard to love at long distance, isn't it? So when we are distant from each other, it's hard to have a, a heart of love for each other. But let's, let's bring it closer to home. Choir, I know you like to be local. So let's bring it a little closer in here. I'll give you an example. One of the consistent um, problems, social problems of our time in our area is homelessness, right? That's a, that's a common thing. We hear about it in the news. We see people living out on the streets or under overpasses or camping in the woods. It's a very tricky problem to solve. If you've ever gone downtown and had somebody walking up close to you where you kind of felt uncomfortable or you see garbage all over the place and say, what's going on here? Try to explain to your kid what's happening. Maybe you walk down the street and someone's yelling or being abusive or aggressive. It doesn't make for a very fun or good experience. You might not use the word enemy, though. You might say social problem, a troubled case, a broken home. But Jesus' challenge to us, to people in his day and to people in ours, is not to see this as others as problems or cases or broken people, but as neighbors, not to see others as problems or cases or broken people, but neighbors somehow. I was in a restaurant recently, and a lady was sitting next to me, and she had this um, shirt, and the T-shirt said, neighbor is a verb. And the grammar police will say, ah, pastor, neighbor is a noun, person, place, or thing. Others of you will say, pastor, why are you taking a picture of this lady in a restaurant? But the point was, the point the lady was trying to make with her t-shirt is that to be a neighbor, in a sense, is to take action. Verb is an action word. Neighbor calls us to give neighbor love, to show neighbor care, to be in neighbor relationship with other people. It's love in action. So when we have somebody who is an enemy or an adversary, a rival or an opponent or a problem, one of the best ways to live as Jesus' people is, and to see them as human, to recognize them as neighbor, is to show them neighbor love. So what would it look like? What would it look like to engage somebody like that? As a church, you know that we have a big focus on mission. It's one of the attributes of our congregation that we're well known for, that we talk about a lot. We do that overseas, but also here locally, in our local area. Today, after worship, you'll have that chance 
to put this sermon into action immediately by packing lunches for our um, unhoused and homeless and hungry neighbors um, in the social hall. We're packing 200 lunches to, today with Front Door Ministry. And this is an especially important activity, this kind of thing, if you're like me. And sometimes you see homeless people and you do think about them as just a problem or an annoyance or a person's kind of in your way or messing up your day. If you have that kind of thought sometimes, then go to service for them. Be in service for them. It will change your heart. It will shape your thinking. Serving others and letting neighbor be a verb is one way to follow Jesus and to grow in love. Another way, another way to practice neighbor love, especially across religious differences, is maybe to attend our upcoming interfaith Thanksgiving service. Did you know this year in November, our church, PCLG, is hosting the interfaith Thanksgiving service for our whole town? So that will include Muslims, Jews, Mormons, Baha'i, Catholics, and all kinds of Protestants. And it'll be right here in the sanctuary, the Thursday before Thanksgiving. It's the 16th. That's another way to get close to, to come close to neighbors who are different from us and to make sure that you don't leave seeing them as enemies. In Romans chapter 12, St. Paul writes this, If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not, become, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When we serve others, when we get to know others, when we come close, it helps us to grow in grace for our neighbors and even for those who we might consider enemies, opponents, or irritants. In one of his um, books, Christian author Rob Bell writes this. He writes, one of the most direct results of the grace of God at work is people taking care of each other's material needs. Food, water, clothes, shelter, health care, that sort of thing. Grace is not an abstract theological concept, but a reality that leads people to take action on behalf of each other. He goes on to say, grace has implications. Grace leads you somewhere. Grace creates a human connection and community, one grounded in real needs, met by real people in real ways. So if you're struggling to show love to a neighbor, to somebody in your life, or if you're struggling to have a grace-filled outlook to uh, people who have problems all around you, or if you've come to see others as enemies in some aspect of your life, that can happen. Here's the way forward. Find ways to serve or help or bless that person or those folks. Serving breaks down a lot of barriers. Find ways to sit down together or spend time together, whether around a meal or in a worship service. Sunday morning here at PCLG is actually an hour when you get to sit with people who come from all kinds of different backgrounds and be in union or communion together. We can extend that as well to our interfaith community. And then that leads to one final one, which I will add. Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. Praying for those who seem to be your enemy or who bother you, or who you are not in a right relationship right now. Maybe the only thing you can do, maybe the only thing is to pray. But it's a step you can take. Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and then he extends it. 
and you shall love your enemies, and you shall pray for those who persecute you. So my prayer for you today is that you would say yes to loving the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, your mind and strength, that you would follow Jesus' teaching to love your neighbor as yourself, that by loving others, even those enemies, even the good, the bad, and the ugly, that as you do, you will grow in grace as you follow Jesus in your life. May it be so. Amen.